Welcome to the 502 Podcast, recorded on location at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Here's your host, Alec Rome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to, I believe, what will be the inaugural episode of the 502 Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Alec Rome, along with my wonderful guest, uh, our normal guest host today. Uh, to my right is Carney, play-by-play extraordinaire. Um, as we did say before, lover of blondes, and it's just going to end up being in two episodes. I'm sorry. These are totally improv um, introductions. And uh, Cubs fanatic, I already used all this. Uh, just Jeff Ekstrom, everybody. It's Jeff Ekstrom. And yes. clap, 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 Thank clap, clap. you. That was a terrible introduction. But to my left now is the Colorado Lincoln Northeast boy, homegrown, uh, with grit. He has grit and glory that just seeps... <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Seeps everywhere <laughs> within his bones. We're trying to do this in one take. It's Dustin Stortzum, everybody. Dustin Stortzum, welcome to the show. Uh, boys, how are, how's college going? Because this is a college podcast. It's all about the trials, trepidations, tribulations, and all the other TR words in the dictionary. Uh, how is your college experience one week down here at UNL? How's it going? Well, Alec, it's going well. Not much of an adjustment, I'd say, that maybe people would have said. But food's better. I'll tell you that. Hell I, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, I've come from OPS, man. Oh my goodness. Um, it's like it's like I've died and gone to heaven when you have these dining halls that make actual, actual food. Um, but I shouldn't say anything further bad about my alma mater district. I might. Dustin, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, man, you know what? It has actually been kind of a weird transition for me. I'm used to the small school. You know, I went to Northeast after I graduated from Twin River, which I graduated with 40 kids. Um, it's definitely a lot different here, man. The classes are five times bigger than they were yeah, at Northeast. Yeah, your entire class. Yeah. yeah. I graduated Northeast, and there was eight of us in the broadcasting department in the sophomore class. And there's 175 of us in sports media. So it's definitely a change, but I like it. You know, I, I really do enjoy it. I've met a lot of new people. I've met, you know, got to become good friends already with you guys. So it's fun, but it's it's a lot different. Well, thanks, buddy. I, I'm glad you consider uh, us friends. That's let that emotional. Let yeah. Let it out. Um, <laughs> I, I did also want to say that there are 170 so in that sports media class. Um, I would have to say there's probably a lower number that actually care yeah, about, yeah. <laughs> that you know don't post stuff about OJ or Jebia or XXX Temptation or something along those lines. Um, but that's a different story for a different time because we might be able to fill a whole podcast episode with some of the stuff that's <laughs> happened in that class already. Um, but I did kind of. You know, what we're going to try and do on this podcast is have some different themes each week. We've got a couple that have already been recorded and we'll be releasing out for you here in the following weeks. But I felt like this time around, just for this kind of opening thing, there's a few different things that have happened over the past couple days that are just worth talking about. They're some college-related, some Nebraska-related, some not at all. Um, And funny enough, just a couple minutes before this podcast began, I got the official unofficial rumor word from the man to my right, Jeff Ekstrom, and I'm going to let him explain what this rumor is uh, because it's pretty damn timely, uh, and then we're going to talk about it. So, Jeff, take it away. So, uh, I'm going to leave my source unnamed, 
they were hanging out in the Daily Nebraskan newsroom when they overheard the DN editors talking about why UNL is going on this grit and glory uh, kind of campaign around campus. And the thing was they were talking about changing the, the name of UNL to Nebraska University instead of Nebra- University of Nebraska-Lincoln, which obviously is... Uh, big announcement, but kind of weird why they're doing a whole big campaign on it. So, Dustin, before I just... If these rumors are true, again, this is a rumor. This is not fact. We don't know, and we will probably bring you a follow-up after we hear the lovely announcements and all the fun stuff and free food on August 30th and 31st about these um, words called grit and glory. Um, I initially thought the campaign was going to be called words, (laughs) <laughs> but Dustin, get your punches in because then I'm gonna have to kick the bag down. It's it's a head scratcher. Why? What's the what's the point in the name change? You know that that's the main thing for me. I mean, it's the University of Nebraska Lincoln, man. That's what that's what we're known as, UNL. Why why would you want to have a name change? It's not like we hate the name. Who's protesting? Who's protesting the name UNL? I want to hear, all yeah. right? I just want to talk. I yeah. just want to talk. Yeah, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I hate the idea. Throw it out the window right now. That's all I got to say. All right. Um, so now it's my turn, and I'm going to be – I, I want to apologize in advance to some of my UNL friends that I've already made that maybe have been talking about this decision because if this is true, are you kidding me? And I'm going to have some problems not getting through this segment without cussing everybody because, first off, the, the whole grit and glory thing was already a head-scratcher for me because it's like, okay, can we think of some other G words that we could use? Like, I expected gravy to be the third word um, that they were going to hype up. But then I get this from, just hear this from Jeff. It's, it's such a, it's such a hip, hypocritical possible decision because the people of this state are so it, it, tradition is so important here and sometimes tradition is not good for progress but sometimes tradition is important in this situation the university of nebraska lincoln is literally the foundation of this institution like that is what we've been called for over a century that is this place to me nebraska university who i would what was the person on that decided that this was a good I- possible good idea? Again, all rumor, but this is this is only like an, a person that's like, you know, we have some hip people on campus, man. You know, and they're looking for something fresh. And to get the kids interested in what we're doing, man, we should just like totally change up the name, man. Like, let's, let's flip the words around. Let's get rid of the L, man. I don't like L's. Um, we don't take L's here. <laughs> oh my god. So let's call ourselves, let's flip it and call it Nebraska University. That's the only like partially reasonable explanation I could ever think of for changing the name. Uh but this is obviously somebody sitting in an office, um, no matter who it is, that's like for some reason thought this was a good idea. I Boys, help me out because I don't. I, I don't know what else to say. It you, it's unbelievable. It's like I'm having trouble like processing that level of, you know, what could be alleged alleged 
stupid decision making. Well, yeah, could this be? I mean, yeah, clearly hypothetical. If this, they do announce this, could this be a sign of arrogance from UNL? Because think of it, UNK, UNL, you know, they seem like they're all one system, one synergy. They change that name. Are they kind of showing? Are they above the other two by changing it to NU? I mean, I don't know how good a point it is, but it's like maybe that is a sign of arrogance to kind of put it out there that, hey, we're better or above the other two universities that we are in the same system of. I mean, maybe something to think about. Hell, it's a fair question because, you know, it's another possible reason that explains it better than I could ever think through it through my mind. Dustin, how about you? No, it just it doesn't make sense to me. I I don't get why there's even a question of change in the name. You know, it, it's just it's mind blowing the fact that they would want to change it to NU. And I would think here's the here's the big question is that if you do want to change it, wouldn't you think that was something that you know you're gonna have students want to vote on? Right. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, that no, I think I that's I what I, I think that's what if this is true, that has to be something students will vote on in like their my reds or their canvases. Get a Twitter or their poll. Twitters yeah, or their Twitter poll. Um, their boxes, um, all the UNL things that um, we have names for, or their jives. See, you thought for a second that was real. I, I made you think that's not actually a real UNL thing, right? But I made you think it was, right? There could be something as a jive, but I. Uh, I'm I'm sorry I I don't I I'm 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 out of words I'm out of words because I just don't understand I'm befuddled yeah I I, so again it's all rumor man but you've got you're crazy right you're crazy can we can, can we get them on the podcast can we special invitation I, I, I just want to talk I'll, I'll email somebody and it'll <laughs> okay. be okay. it'll be a pass it'll be a passive aggressive email <laughs> to get them on the podcast hell I'll get Ron you know if What's Ron good? if Ronnie Green wants to come on Ron oh come on. Take them, take them on. Take on the questions. You know, um, I'll be certainly ready to fire. Because, um, yeah. boys, I... Uh, I <laughs> what was that? I don't know what that was. I don't know what, I, that's I don't know what, I don't know what anything is anymore, but, you know. <laughs> Speaking of stupid things, um, Jake Paul versus Deji and KSI versus Logan Paul happened over the weekend. If you don't know who any of those people are... Good. I'm glad you don't. Um, but you know, some of us, unfortunately, growing up in this world, um, did watch these people on YouTube at one point. You might remember Logan Paul. Um, he's kind of a bro tank McGee that thinks it's fun to laugh at dead people. You remember that guy? I think after the news, you pre- it was a lot of the news that might get your memory rolling. But um, there was a boxing pay per view on YouTube. Uh, it was ten dollars, and I can tell you firsthand that I pirated it. I <laughs> oh yeah would yeah. not be paying for that. Nope, I don't care. But here's the thing: is that it was actually very entertaining. I was thoroughly entertained by watching these YouTube celebrities try to punch each other in the face, and they were not bad either. Like, yeah. it, like you could tell they were training and actually trying to be good boxers in the ring. I thoroughly enjoyed the whole thing. Honestly, if if. I could go back in time and it's like I had to pay this. I could not pirate it. I would have probably paid the ten dollars. No, knowing With, that yeah, how much knowing, they trained. Yeah. Yeah, I would have paid for it too. Man, the the thing was in what really shocked me, and I know Deji lost the fight against Jake Paul, but he looked a lot better technique wise than his brother KSI did. I think KSI oh, yeah. was just throwing hail mm-hmm. make uh, hail Marys with his with his arms, but Deji actually looked 
technically sound when it came to boxing compared to KSI. And I don't know if you had seen videos leading up to this fight, but KSI and Deji sparred, and Deji took one body blow and he was on the ground from KSI. That kid came a long ways in three months um, from where he was at the beginning because he wouldn't even throw a punch at KSI before. And he came out, man, he bloodied Jake Paul up. Jake Paul was bloody. and Well, Jake Paul called it round one knockout. Right, yeah. And he did not get that by, I mean, it, it was almost round one knockout the other way. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought Jake Paul was going to come out with a little more fire in him. He did end up, like we said, winning the fight. But Deji put up one hell of a fight, and I'll give it to him, man. I, I, you have my respect for coming out and showing heart like that. It was also a reach advantage thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, those two brothers had a reach advantage. Logan had a reach advantage a little bit over KSI, and there was a bigger advantage with uh, Jake over Deji. Yeah. But even then, at the end of the day, I, I actually Deji put up a fight, and for a little bit there, I thought he was leading two one on the scorecard. I thought he rounds two and three, he was looking better because. Jake Paul looked tired after he came out, but then fourth round recovered, just had a nice flurry of punches. The the people in the corner had to throw the towel in at that point. Yep. So that was all fair, but yeah, definitely much respect. Um, Jeff, any thoughts on the Deji Jake before we get to the other one? I didn't really watch, personally, I didn't really watch the fight, but it sounded, by what I could hear about it, it sounded very entertaining. It sounded like it wasn't just a throw money at this event, throw money at the names or to get people to watch it. They actually took it seriously, and it turned out to be really entertaining for everyone. So it seemed like it was success, and like it's probably going to happen again. Like We're going to talk about this next fight. I was going to say, yeah, um, that leads us into the next thing because there's a couple different layers to the KSI Logan Paul thing, those two definitely have had a beef against each other. Um, uh, it, it, I could almost equate it to the Hillary versus Trump, like lesser of two evils. I actually, you know, I, I actually prefer KSI. I don't think he's that bad of a guy. Um, but I can tell you that there is no way in the world that I would ever want to talk to Logan Paul. No, no, no I, I agree with you 100%. Um, he's just done some stupid things, man. He has done some stupid things. But I will give him props on one thing after the fight was over. He did thank KSI. Because mm-hmm. KSI was like, you know, this is what is going to revive your name. It's going to revive you as a person. And he was right by saying that, I think, man. Because like like you talked about, he filmed a dead guy in a suicide forest over in Japan. He's been in a lot of trouble. He's been sued. The Paul brothers have been sued. And this fight could possibly revive his name. And I think KSI was right by saying that, but... He's got I, a long way to go. He man. has a long... Yeah, you're right. He has a long way to go, but one hell of a fight between those two. No, yeah, so let's get into that at least. You know, Besides our personal preferences on the two of them, um, round one was really pretty interesting. They both came out firing. Um, I thought Logan... Definitely one round one. He kind of came out and getting a little bit of the better KSI. As you said, um, KSI's like hooks that he was trying to throw were really wild. He could not hit a thing for a little bit there. And um, Logan just was toying around with him. He he kept his distance very well. And that was the thing, especially when you're facing a boxer that has uh, reach disadvantage. You want to keep the distance. You reach, just reach out there and, and get some jabs in. That was exactly what... Um, Logan Paul was doing but then you go to maybe like the second and third round and things really switched like they they switched really quick and KSI was coming out on fire 
Logan Paul was already getting tired at that point at the end of round three. Yeah, I, I think definitely the first two rounds went to Logan. The third round was when it really changed, and I think KSI was like, man, i got to start coming in on this guy a little more. Like, his reach is just too overpowering for me. And that's when the fight really changed. was like, yeah, like you said, round two or three, then to round two, start around three. Um, man, that first round, and you guys can tell by my tweets how the fight just changed because first round I was like, this isn't even close, man. Like, Logan's mm-hmm. all over him. He can't, he can't even throw a punch. And then it just all of a sudden, KSI was like, I got to start coming in on him more, you know, reach. I got to get this fight closer and closer. And he did a really good job of adjusting in that fight. And I know I don't want to go too far forward, but in that sixth round, he could have put Logan down at the end of round I really six. thought he was going to get him. I really did. And one of the things, the reason why you're going to come in on a, a boxer with long reach like that is because, you know, when you're able to get in close, especially in the clinch too, I mean, Logan is not going to have very powerful punches just because you can't get enough momentum and enough speed going with those long arms there's you you just don't you can't do very much and so that's why it was very smart of ksi and especially the guys in his corner too to recognize that um and just have him step in because then when he's in the clinch um ksi just got very smart he was wearing down logan paul that is exactly i told jeff you know, uh, that's exactly what he needed to do was start to wear him down and let him punch himself out a little bit and then come in on him. And that's exactly what he did. Um, Jeff, any thoughts? I'd say, you know, because you were watching a little bit with me um, on a couple final rounds because it got really like, um, not only did it get a little chippy, but um, it was getting, KSI was really coming after him and had showed a lot of heart. Yeah, like you guys mentioned, it was around the third round where it seemed like KSI seemed to turn into a smarter fighter um, against Logan Paul. And it seemed like Logan Paul was kind of hanging by a thread near that fifth, sixth round. Because I can't remember, was he just trying, was Logan Paul just trying to get in the clinch a lot near the end? Well, he was a little tired. I would say KSI was probably engaging yeah. the clinch a little bit more. Okay. Um, just kind of to hang on that way because Logan Paul has no benefit to being in the clinch. He really no, doesn't because no, he he's just a longer fighter. You want to keep your distance. So it was KSI that was okay. really engaging that and kind of annoying him a little bit. But go ahead. But yeah, it just seemed after the third round and on, it seemed like KSI just started taking control of the fight, played it smarter than Logan Paul did. And yeah, like you said, Logan Paul just tired himself out in those first three rounds, playing around with him, swinging it all. So I think, yeah, it's like KSI. Like, the system might not have gone his way, but I think he won those last few rounds. So before we get into what the actual decision was, what did you, what was your scorecard before the that, that got announced, after the end of six? I had 4-2 KSI. That was I, probably what I had. I had 3, 4, had. 5, 6 went to KSI. 1, 2 went to Logan. Um, you could throw in the air that, what was it, was it fourth round or fifth round that Logan could have took? I don't remember which round it was, but KSI threw a great punch in the round, and I think that's what gave it to him. Um, I had it 4-2. That's how I scored it. Um, that sixth round really ticked me off right at the end because, like like we said, KSI was about ready to put him down. The ref separated him. Yeah. It took way too long to get him. An unnecessary amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, there was like, what, 20, 25 seconds left in the fight. KSI was literally going to put him down. The ref just totally wasted all that it. time. Totally stalled it. I couldn't believe, I was really not happy about no. that. I agree with you, Dustin. I had a 4-2. I might be. I might have changed the rounds a little bit. I might have given the third round to Logan Ball. I think where he lost the fight for me is that KSI was 
essentially leaving himself open because when you're punching, you want to still have sight basically on where you're throwing the punch. You don't want to close your eyes. That's a bad habit to get into because then that's how you get knocked out. But KSI was throwing those right hooks and leaning into it, but then he'd leave, you know, his head would be way over the left. And that's that's how you could tell that he just did not have the form uh, in comparison. He was just throwing very wild because a trained boxer is going to knock, is going to come over and knock him out um, pretty quickly, to be honest with you. I mean, his face was wide open. Uh, but I, yeah, I still had a KSI 4 2 just simply because of aggression and really being better than, than Logan in the last ones. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, 4, four 2, like you guys said. Logan was able to come out early and really put it to KSI. But KSI, again, turned his smart fire, was able to take those late rounds. Um, so yeah, I had 4 2 in my score card as well. So, we all agreed it was 4-2 coming into that point. And there was a lot of... It was pretty nerve-wracking, to be honest with you. It took a long time to get the the scorecards in. And then, of course, um, legend Michael Buffer, who I was like, okay, they got... That's pretty legit. They got Michael Buffer doing this. He does, like, you know, HBO stuff. Okay. So, Michael Buffer comes in and has the the card. And Ladies and gentlemen, after six rounds of action, we go to... Which means, you know, these made up titles that they have, KSI keeps the title, but nobody wins. Destin, I'm going to start with you. Do you agree with that at all? Because I sure as hell don't. No, the only reason why it was a majority draw was to hype up fight number two. Yeah. That, I mean, that's it really did feel it's, like a rigged thing for yeah, me. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it was a rigged thing. It just it sets it up for a, a better storyline going into fight number two. It's really frustrating, but then again, I mean, if you look, I get it. I get why they did it. And... Yeah, I seen a there was a Twitter meme and it was like it was like so it was like all the refs talking they were like so we all agree it was a tie right just to hype up fight number two and the one judge was like well I have to say that KSI won that way he retains the belt and they're like all right all right we'll yeah, go with good that one, good one, <laughs> yeah, good one. Good one. <laughs> and and that's the only reason the K- KSI I think we all agree here that KSI won the fight but to hype up a better storyline mm-hmm. for the rematch in LA it's gonna be in LA. Um, they they decided to go with the majority draw because I wasn't sure if it was like totally sanctioned. I mean, to to do boxing, especially like it has to be sanctioned it's of some sort. But um, considering the lack of awareness of the referee, in my opinion, the, I wasn't very impressed with how the referee handled that fight and the fight before Deji Jake. I really did not like how he controlled things. Um, so. Yeah, I, I was just dumbfounded by that. I knew right away that there's something real fishy there. But uh, obviously setting it up for another one, which I definitely will want to watch, but it will not be paid for. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. If if if, if I couldn't pirate it, I would be very intrigued um, just to see what a couple more months of training might do. Because I think Logan has to watch that back and be like, man, he left himself open a lot. I missed a lot of opportunities. Yeah, just kind of, they purposely had this out. Yeah, just to throw in the 58-57 score for uh, KSI retaining the belt, really 
clear cut. They did it to hype up the second fight, which could be pretty entertaining considering it's in LA. KSI will have that kind of. Well, no, they're both from L. They're both from US, but I think yeah, I get a better crowd or whatever for fight two. And then of course, um, you know, besides that being a shocking thing, Logan or excuse me, Jake Paul rather uh, launched a fashion line and called out Chris Brown. <sighs> in a post-fight interview. Does anybody have any comments on that? Because I... It's... That's weird. It's another... Sh- strange. Just... Yeah. Stupid. Like, yeah, why... Why... why how do these people get money? Yeah. I mean... I've seen it coming, man. That's how Jake is. That's... If... I've watched, like, a couple YouTube videos that have just popped up on my Facebook, and it's all about his merch. Oh, the, check out my merchandise the whole time. The male Kardashians. Yeah. Literally the male yeah. Kardashians. Yeah, but I don't think that Jake and Deji are going to fight again. I don't think that's going to happen. I recall that one done. I think that yeah. was um, I think Yeah, I think Jake's pretty much over yeah. that whole situation. But I do think Deji will fight. Yeah, I agree. Who, mm-hmm. who will it be? No idea. But I think you, we can basically yeah. agree that that's probably done. Yep. So we're going to take a little bit of a break here um, because we've been going for a little bit. Take a break, get some water, and then we're going to come back really quick and do some uh, quick Husker football wrap-up because we had a couple different things going on this week that were uh, noteworthy and everybody's been talking about. So why don't we just add our ideas to the (laughs) ever-watered-down coverage of the quarterback saga. (laughs) We'll be right back on the 502. You're listening to the 502 Podcast. Find past episodes on Anchor.fm, the Anchor app, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. Welcome back on the 502 Podcast. As you might realize, I forgot to mention this. Um, we are actually at Dustin's uh, <laughs> apartment house thing going on. Um, and so you do hear a washer in the background and luckily we're only on this podcast for a couple more minutes this episode so luckily real quick let's take care of some business that happened this week Um, the Jebia versus Martinez saga finally came to an end when Martinez was named the starting quarterback but it was really interesting to see the coverage and kind of how things unfolded um, with Jebia choosing to transfer Um, and I'll kind of let you guys talk about this but Jeff, thank you so much, Dustin. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, Just for a couple minutes. Jeff, were you su- surprised at all by the decision? Did you like the decision? What were your thoughts? I was not surprised by the decision itself. I was just a little surprised by the timing. I mean, It was very quick. Yeah, it was very quick. It doesn't make you look good. It makes sense. It really does make sense. But the timing just makes it look bad because... You never know. Martinez just could be up. He could be. A, I'm not just saying he's gonna be, but he could be a bust. And Jibia, or he could struggle. He's a true freshman. And he could struggle four, coming at You have yeah. the four game redshirt rule mm-hmm. too, where you can decide whether or not you want to redshirt him up to four games mm-hmm. in. So that's why I didn't understand. Because I Jibia, yeah, he already took his redshirt year, but yeah. I didn't understand why he wouldn't have waited for a couple yeah. games before he wanted to transfer because you're already, you know, with the way that the NCAA is, who knows if he would have been able to play this year. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about a couple years where you haven't seen a game snap. Uh, it, uh, to me, it was very hot-headed, you know, decision-making. I, I, I'm totally fine with him making decisions yeah. about, like, 
his future. That's totally good. I wish him the best. There's no, you know, like bad will, ill will wished upon him. But I just, if it were me, I would have taken a little bit more time to let those four games come off. If you still really wanted to go and play somewhere else and become the man, go ahead. But that just seemed a little, um, I don't know, it was too quick of a shot for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys as well. And, you know, this kind of brings up an older story. Eric Crouch with the Rams. Remember, he was the backup quarterback there with the Rams, and he decided that, you know, he wasn't going to be the backup. You know, he thought he was good enough to be the starter. Well, he quit the team. Eric Crouch, or not Eric Crouch, Kurt Warner goes down, and he would have been the starter. I that I think that's the same situation here with Nebraska. I mean, you, you hope, never know. Yeah, you you never hope know. it doesn't yeah. happen. But th- that could be the situation here in Nebraska. And like you said, what if he doesn't pan out? You know, mm-hmm. what if he's not the guy that we think he is? It, the kid's a stud. He can play football, and he, I think he can thrive somewhere else. I think the style is a problem. Too. Yeah, yeah. The, the style is definitely a problem. And I think that's something that we could talk about as well. But I think, and there's rumor has it that he could be going to the Pac-12 at Oregon State, which they need help. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard that if he goes, I think somewhere out west in the Pac-12, this year could count as his uh, transfer year, and so he then have what are two, three, two, three, three years of eligibility left. Is what I heard. I saw on Twitter. You know, I see trustworthy like Twitter. Yeah, is, but and of course, that's what be, I saw. Yeah. You would be going back to Riley again, right? The, mm-hmm. the guy who recruited him, and that right. there, there lies an interesting thing too. But as I said, like even if you take the transfer year, that's still a couple years without seeing an actual NCAA football game snap. Man, I don't care how much you practice. That's a, there's, it's so hard to explain how important it is to take snaps in a real game. You know, and he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be incredibly ready for it if he chooses to go to Oregon State. Because you're talking about at Nebraska, even if you get game snaps when you guys are up by a bunch, that's in front of ninety thousand people. You need that feeling. So that that for me, you know, again, all best hopes for him. But it was just a a really quickly developing story. Right, and I, and I was going to say that too because he's he's going he would have gotten snaps against Akron probably and then Troy. We could come out and probably say yeah. that he would mm-hmm. get snaps against mm-hmm. both those teams. Uh man, it just it's just a bad situation. Yeah, you, know, you feel for the kid, you get it. You know, mm-hmm. he wants to play, but at the same time, you never know. We have no idea how Adrian Martinez is going to play on the big level mm-hmm. and until we, you know, actually see him. So I think it was just a he found out. Mm-hmm. It was just the first thing that came to his mind was, I got to go. I got to yeah. get out of here. I'm never going to be the guy. And Frost, too, I think it was totally within his power to pick Martinez, the guy that you think is going to do best for your team. Obviously, he fits the system better. Um, and he made a very good point that, you know, you know, we're not going to act like we don't care about these kids. These kids are, like, very important to us. But also, we want only players that are interested in helping this team win. And I think that's an incredibly fair thing so you know obviously frost cares about the success of students because at the end of the day you know it's more than a game i mean it's more than about hustlers winning national championships it's about making sure students and young men have good lives but um no i totally agree with you know everybody in their decision making but you know what this kind of screams out i'll say two things one because of the possible transfer rule out west but two this kind of screams out was there something preset um, if he wasn't named the starter? Because maybe he got reaction. Maybe he had something set up with another school, or he, maybe he was just talking with a couple other schools somewhere and saying that, "Hey, 
if I don't get the starting job, would you be interested in having me come over? So is that maybe that's a possibility to think about in what this decision. I don't know how much a factor it was, but it's something to think about. I also think, though, that he probably, he, to me, seems like the kind of guy that's got that work ethic that probably thought he was the starter. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, that I agree. probably yeah. was so committed and was like, I'm going to be the starter. You know, I'm not going to focus, you know, that's he would feel like he was pulling himself out of the race then. So I feel like he would he was pretty committed on improving. Um, yeah. So I think the transfer would have came sooner if he didn't think that. Yeah, you I know agree. what I'm saying. I, I you know he probably would have if he knew about it. I guess he probably would have known quicker. Maybe. And I think you know he looks kind of like let's look into the future here. You're gonna have McCaffrey coming in out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think he looks at it as, I'm just going to fall further mm-hmm. down in this depth chart, which he probably would. Yeah, got um, coming next year. Exactly. Exactly. And I actually heard something that they're going to be working on yep. that now with, um, obviously, Nebraska's pretty thin at the quarterback yeah. position with only Martinez on scholarship. Uh, but, but that is, by the way, I just want to come in because I, I actually heard a little bit about That's a dead issue. He's done this year. Like, he can't. They can't get is. him off that waiver. Yeah, that he said that himself, and then they, they were trying the best they could, but that's actually a dead issue. Um, so unfortunately, so he he kind of stepped in as a mentor spot, really. And that's where he's at right now is just trying to be a mentor, especially since he is a little bit more familiar, obviously, with the system and what's going on. So um, that's where he's at right now, and then it's for the next year. So yes, it does put this team in a dilemma were Martinez to get knocked out, and then it would be it would be bunch. Right, it's, it's a it's the reset button at that point. I would say uh, for Husker football, but man, it's just it, it's a rough, it's a rough thing. You know what I'm saying for for Gibia and like you said, man, he he really thought that he could have been the starter here at Nebraska, and just I think to find out that news, I think anybody would be upset in that situation. And like I said, man, I wish him the best at wherever he decides to go. I do hope it's in the Pac-12. I'd like to see him play. Um, out in the Pac-12, I think he'd do good out there with with Oregon State, and he'd definitely get an opportunity because Oregon State, obviously, a rebuilding program out west. So I think he would fit well out there if he decides to go, but we'll have to see, man. It'll be interesting. Yep, and uh, if you're a Husker fan or if you're Scott Frost, it's time to bet the house on Martinez. Uh, the other quick thing before we go, um, we were just talking about this earlier, the over-under line for Nebraska from Vegas was six games. Six games they were going to win. Really quickly, agree with that, not why. Dustin? Mm-hmm. Six games. Last night I had a Snapchat that I put out, and I had people screenshot, you know, give me their projections. On the Snapchat, I had them at five and seven. <sighs> I don't necessarily agree with what I said. I think they, they could go seven and five, flip that record around. Um, but... I'm I'm banking more seven and five than five and seven, but I could see a six and six season as well. I I don't think I don't think they'll win under six games. I I think definitely six and six is probably the worst for Husker football this year. Yeah, let's say it. I would take the bet over because I, honestly, with Frost coming home, and everything it's hard to see the Huskers losing a home game in that seven games right there. The only one would be Michigan State. So otherwise, I think Huskers could go undefeated at home. It's really I mean, it's a tough schedule, but it's a schedule Huskers can survive and get those seven, eight wins. Honestly, they can. I've seen people saying they can go eleven, one, depending on how things go, and how they improve too. Yeah. I mean, look at you know, obviously the team at UCF had to improve quite a bit in order mm-hmm. to just completely take over Auburn at the end of the season. I mean, they 
that was a pretty magical story because obviously there has to be growth from game number one for that undefeated team to game number 13 or whatever. So who's to say, especially with the attitudes that we've been seeing from the coaching staff, that that's exactly what Scott Frost is looking for is improvement game to game. And who's to say when you know time comes around? Because what what's uh, Michigan State? That's, That's like second year. to last. November 17th. Who's to say that that can't be a one game? So to me, it's either seven and five or eight and four could even be realistic, depending on how the team improves. Um, I guess going down, we kind of agreed that these first three seem like wins. Troy could be a trap game. Colorado, I'm sorry, Dustin, but we were feeling pretty confident about that one. Um, any comments? Uh, I, th- I think I think it's going to be a lot. See, th- here's the thing, right? Colorado fans look at Nebraska as they're our rivals. Nebraska fans look at Colorado like, no, what are you talking no, about? I... We dominated the series, right? Thanks for the free win. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than what you guys th- than what a lot of Husker fans think. No, I agree. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm, I don't yeah. think it's going to be a cakewalk. Colorado's been better in recent. Well, last year they went five and seven, but the year before they were Pac-12 South champs. Uh, the, I think they're an all right team, man. Montez, it just depends on how he comes out. The kid rides emotions. He loves emotions. Uh, it's Can he complete the deep ball? Mm-hmm. Kid loves throwing the deep ball. We'll have to see how the secondary at Nebraska handles that. But I hate to say it, man. I think Nebraska will come out with a win here in Lincoln. If they were out in Boulder, I think it's a different story. And I think Colorado comes out with the upset, quote unquote upset, whatever you guys want to call mm-hmm. it. But here in Lincoln, Scott Frost homecoming. Imagine an upset in Lincoln. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That, that's Buffaloes. northern Illinois yeah. level right there. Uh, I mean, uh, that would just be devastating, right? <laughs> so I think it's going to be fun. It'll be a fun game. I think Nebraska I mean, probably takes the dub. I, I was going to say, I said less than two touchdowns. It had, you know, two touchdowns max right, right there probably. You know, If they're doing better than that, obviously something's going really right yeah. that day. Um, and then Troy we talked about as a possible trap game. I believe they beat LSU last year. Yeah. Um, and so that could be an interesting one. Michigan, for me, is a head-scratcher. Yeah. it's That one's a tough one to call. That one's a hit-and-miss, especially with how Michigan's been over, They've been over the years. Miss, yeah. yeah, especially so, under Harbaugh. So. And, and that's a noon game. So I think it would have been more of a disadvantage for Nebraska if it was at night and in the, the big, big house. house. Yeah. But it's noon. I think that plays in the Huskers' advantage. And we'll just see how Shea Patterson is with Michigan. Because, let's say, this is about... The first time Jim Harbaugh's really had a good quarterback uh, at his time with the Wolverines. So that one should be fun. So, yeah, I was going to say then Purdue is a win. We're at 4-1. and one. Next would be Wisconsin. That's probably a loss, 4-2. and two. Nebraska Northwestern has provided some good moments over the years, including the Western Camp catch, probably one of my favorite personal um, Husker moments. I think that's probably a win, 5-2. and two. Um, And then Minnesota – Probably a win, six and two. Ohio State probably a loss, you know. But considering that they're going through some troubles of their own right now, that that team could be radically different um, down the line. You never know. That's that's another one of the interesting storylines going into these first three weeks too, is just how that shakes out. Illinois for me is a win. Michigan State is as a question mark, mm-hmm. and then Iowa feels like a win this year as well. Especially being the last game of the season, you have to think they would improve to beat Iowa. Yeah. So, like I said, seven to five, eight or four would be realistic mm-hmm. for me. Anything above that is definitely gravy for sure. Um, so, yeah. But other than that, gentlemen, anything else before we uh, give it off? We've been going. For, this is this is, might be a world record forty minutes, man. Oh my gosh, they, they do this. Oh my. Real quick, I, 
I want to share with you guys just the losses I had last night when I was filling my whatever out, the schedule out. The whatever. The yeah. whatever, whatever this is called. I had a loss against Colorado. Bias. Okay. Apologize. So I had them at 2-1 and one going into conference play. A loss in the big house in Michigan. I also had a loss at Wisconsin. And I had a loss at Northwestern this year. That that's my Ooh. that's my trap game in the Big Ten is that Northwestern game, and I almost put Minnesota in there as a loss instead of Northwestern, but I, I decided to go with Northwestern on the road, and then I also had losses at Ohio State, Mich- at home against Michigan State, and at Iowa, I had a loss, which would put them so at five and seven. To me, I mean that's that's like a real bad season. I mean with the talent level, especially like for me on offense that they have. They can generate enough points to be in a shootout with some of these teams, even with a lackluster defense. Like definitely the secondary, like we said, is like the biggest issue. Boy, five and seven. You know, maybe I'll eat my words later, but that's tough to see. But like I said, like I told you before, that could be flip flopped with obviously yeah. wins against Colorado and Northwestern. Yeah. So that that's what yeah, I was saying. Where you could go five and seven or seven and five. Yeah. Um, and I'm not confident in the Northwestern and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Oh, upset, you mm-hmm. know, games of the year. So. Well, it's like a big factor, I think, would be are they ready to play? Because I've noticed past years when we've had losses that we should win, they just weren't ready to play. It's hard not to see Scott Frost having his team ready to play. Like these 11 a.m. Morning practices, yeah, all he's, that. He's got morning practices. Like you always look at the trap game, it's these small teams in the morning where it's like, why, what are we doing here? And those are kind of the trap games for teams. It's hard not seeing Scott Frost have him ready at 11 a.m. It's an adi- It's such an attitude yeah. change. You can feel it. You can yeah. absolutely feel it in interviews and just being around. You know, I've been privileged to be able to just uh, be in the area while these you know coaches are talking, Troy Walters, uh, Shenander, et cetera, that it definitely feels like a different program. Don't forget Troy Walters coached at Colorado. A few seasons ago, the guy is super smart. He knows what he's talking about. Um, so that was one guy I was just so happy to hear <laughs> that he took the job in Nebraska. Um, so I'm so excited to you know be around Troy Walters. The guy's just a mastermind, and he's super smart. And he was just yeah. a great hire here at Nebraska. And I'm really excited, man. That's I'm really excited yeah, to yeah. see. So this is fun. a great time for for Nebraska football and. I'm be honest. I was not the biggest Husker fan growing up. I was CU Buffs, baby. Yeah. Like, yes, we hate Nebraska. <laughs> but man, coming in here, I just it feels so much different than what it did when I was younger. Man, like, yeah, Bo Pliny, I wasn't yeah. a big fan of him. Wasn't a big fan of Mike Riley. But Coach Frost, I'm excited. I'm ready for Husker football to start, and uh, I can't wait to bleed red. You know, here at Nebraska. Yeah, I was gonna say like very last thing. Um, I ended up doing that article for Husker Online and I ended up taking a photo with Scott Frost and that dude, the practice for Boneyard Bash ended at about 8.45. I, I think I walked out at 9.10 and there were still some people around there taking photos with him, talking to him. He was the last guy there. Like even the photo was taken when the stadium lights went off too and he was still, wow. he's just that type of dude, man. I, that was so impressive to me. There was another one where he let the retiring Omaha mm-hmm. World Herald journalist asked the first question he's just this is just a classy program man and it's just so different so that that's that's the biggest exciting thing for me and you know hopefully everybody out there gets a chance to come down at least once during the yeah, year man sure. and i'm excited for the people especially on campus that maybe have never experienced this before too uh, right to get to know what it's like to be in a stadium full of ninety thousand people 
because it's a tradition for sure. Um, the one thing I will say is, yeah, Coach Frost can bring in this awesome atmosphere, but at the end of the day, the players on the field are the ones that have to make these plays. Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can be hyped up about Scott Frost all we want, but again, at the end of the day, he's not the one who's making the big-time plays on the field. Mm-hmm. It's the player. So, um, you know, don't be shocked if they don't have the greatest year in the in first year under Coach Frost. But oh, yeah. it'll it'll come with time, man. He's proven that he's a fantastic coach. He proved it at UCF, and I think he's going to prove it here in Nebraska. So that's my final thoughts mm-hmm. on it. Yep. Everybody, please be patient. Yes. Thank you, PSA mm-hmm. over. Podcast over. Thank you, gentlemen, <laughs> for joining us here. Jeff, extra, you can find him at X underscore on underscore sports on Twitter. And you can find Dustin at his brand new Twitter home <laughs> at Stort Center with a zero instead of an O. And you can find me on Twitter at Rome for Real. You can find this 502 podcast anywhere podcasts are distributed on anchor.fm, the Anchor app, Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Thank you for joining us, and we're going to do some more of these, and they're so much fun, and I hope you had fun. We will see you next time. We haven't talked in months, but that's all right. was wondering if you wanted to go for a drive. I just need some fresh air and an old friend. I'm so glad that we started talking again. You'll turn up the radio. I love this song. Remember when we used to stay up all night long? How's it been going? Oh, how's your mom? The roads are so unfinished.